What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Verzi Effect Podcast Show. My name is Paul Verzi, and today is Friday, July 24th, 2015. You guys listening to episode 218, part one. I am going to do two parts to this. I have a very special guest that I want to have on uh, part two, um, a filmmaker from Boston and um, somebody that's very interesting, has an amazing story, and um, so we're going to try to get that done while I am out here. Um, but I am in Boston. I am um, doing this podcast from my hotel. Sorry it's a little late. Um, I uh, traveled and I got into Boston. We were actually sitting in a bunch of traffic and I couldn't get it done Wednesday night because I was getting ready to get out of here and it got I get out of there to come here. It got late. And then Thursday driving here, I hit so much traffic that I literally put my bags down in my hotel room like 12 minutes before the show started. So it's uh, it was not, I couldn't do it. And then the show started late, ended a little late, and it was just too late to uh, to get it done. But I have an amazing show for you today and uh, and hopefully another part two that um, will be done tomorrow. Um, I'm at the Westin Hotel here and I got to shout out the Westin Hotel for doing something that I love that no other hotel does or that I've seen lately. And uh, I'm drinking my water here, which is complimentary. Now, normally you see it with that little like do not disturb sign hanging over the cap and it says $4 or $7 or some fucking criminal price that they charge you for a bottle of water. <clears throat> Excuse me. Not this Weston. This Weston, it says free and clear compliments of Starwood preferred guest. And there's two of them sitting there. Like, that's all it takes for me, guys. I'm not a fucking prima donna, but I just like, I like accommodations. I should name my next album, I Like Accommodations. I just do. I like the little extra things that they go out of the way to make the guests feel good. Is that so hard to do? No, it's not. It should be very fucking simple and easy, and I don't know why more places don't do it. But that's neither here nor there. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, I'm out here in Boston, did a show last night. I'll get into all that. But first, got to talk about the sponsors. The Verzi Effect podcast is sponsored by Gonzo Fame. Com. Go to Gonzo Fame for the best, most in-depth interviews with your favorite comedians of today. Um, comedians like Doug Stanhope and Joe Matarese and Hannibal Burris and uh, I did one and um, a couple of just great, great comedians, amazing, accomplished comedians, along with some of the best up-and-comers in the country. Dave Gavry out there in Chicago, funny up-and-coming comedian, put the site together and uh, it's awesome. So please check out GonzoFame.com. Also, Brookings Mediation. Go to John Burton and Brookings Mediation Okay, for um, any kind of issues that you have with debt settlement, divorce, bankruptcy. Uh, John Burton is not a lawyer. He doesn't give legal advice. What he does is he simply sits as a mutual party and tries to get to the bottom of something and resolve it without spending a ton of money on legal fees, which so many people do. So many people don't even realize that there are set laws with divorce now. It's like a set standard thing. And you pay a shitload of money to a lawyer and the judge says what the judge says. Somebody gets fucked, somebody's unhappy, and there's easier ways to settle it. John's been doing this for 27 years. It's an amazing, less expensive, quicker resolution. Please, anywhere you are in the country, you can call John and get a free consultation. You can call one 877 uh, 4157770 to Brookings Mediation and um, he will talk to you and help you guide you through save you a lot of money and get through the process everybody goes through debt everybody you know has known somebody with debt so let them know about it and if you call Brookings Mediation you go to brookingsmediation.com as well but if you call and say Paul Verzi and the Verzi effect sent you you will get a uh, 30% discount on um, whatever service John gives you. So please check out John Burton and Brookings Mediation. It's an amazing, amazing service that uh, people really need to to utilize. So if you're out there, if you even have any questions about it, you know, uh, and you wanted to, you know, contact me first, you could do that or just call 877-415-7770. So there you go. And also the Verzi Effect podcast is part of the best comedy podcast network out there 
um, which is All Things Comedy. Go to allthingscomedy.com. Follow them on Twitter, at All Things Comedy. Amazing podcasts on there. Uh, Ari Shafir's uh, Skeptic Tank and Bill Burr's Monday Morning Podcast, uh, Jason Lawhead's... Uh, you know the Verzi effect. All these, all these podcasts that uh, there's just so many of them. I think there's like fifty something podcasts on there, so uh, you can't go wrong. So please go, and they're so cool to the artist and amazing. So go to All Things Comedy. Now, let's talk about last night. I arrived to Boston late because of traffic and kind of went into the show right as it started and uh, had a great time. Uh, it was a light crowd last night. I found out. By the way, thank everybody who came out last night. Uh, I know on a Thursday in the summer when it's fucking 80-something degrees and beautiful, you know, summers are slow everywhere, but the people that did come out, I know uh, a lot of them were real diehard fans. So uh, shout-out to them for, for coming out. I, I really appreciate it. And, um, you know, I heard tonight and tomorrow is going to be, you know, great, even more people and stuff. So if you're in the Boston area, man, come out having a great time at this club. It's a lot of fun. The people here are great. I got on stage last night. And I walk out on stage and, you know, I'm excited to see people and, you know, I know that I have some fans there, you know, and I'm doing new material from the album. So I'm just excited and I look over to the right and I see a 14-year-old boy and his mother and I was just like, it threw me. Like I just looked over and I go, what, what, what the fuck is this over here? And they start laughing and apparently some other comedians uh, jumped on the show. And mentioned it too. Shout out to uh, Adam Ray. Adam Ray is in town uh, shooting a new Ghostbusters movie. Uh, funny uh, up and coming comedian, and he uh, he's out in Los Angeles now. But he came, you know, he contacted me. He said, "Hey man, can I jump on? I'm in town filming a movie." I was like, "Yeah, come on." And we we all had a good time. But there's this little kid there with his mom, and like he didn't even look 14. This kid looked. I mean, this kid looked like was young. You know, he was really really young looking and um I mean I woke up today almost feeling bad how much like you know I talk some dirty stuff and some sex and you know some jokes with you know not a lot I don't do you know if you know my comedy I'm not too filthy but you know there's one or two coming jokes or there's a couple of you know there's a blowjob joke and there's you know stuff with marriage and how you know you could get annoyed by shit and like this kid is just looking horrified and I looked over at his mother and I was like you know it's your fault it's your fault. You brought him here. And I was thinking today that this kid is either going to love me and be a fan of me forever for the rest of my career because, like, I made him part of the show, or he is going to fucking hate me and be scarred for life and never go to another comedy show. And I really hope it's not the latter. Um, but I really had a, a great time. I didn't realize that I, how much time I did. I did, like, an hour and ten minutes. I was working on new stuff and everything, and I... Just had such a good time. So thank you, everybody, for coming out. And uh, I know there's a bunch of you guys coming tonight and tomorrow. And it's only going to get better each night. So so thank you very much. Um, it was just awesome. And I want to give a uh, special thank you and shout-out to uh, Morgan and Mary, who are two huge, I guess, fans. I mean, I've never talked to people. They knew comedy. Like, afterwards, um, you, know, we were, you know, you talk to, you know, fans and people afterwards. And... I never knew, like, these two know comedy and, like, knew my podcast and seen me perform for, like, the past couple of years and, like, followed me and, and listened to the show, and it's amazing. So shout out to, to Morgan and um, and Mary. And uh, one thing I wanted to do is also let people know that Morgan, uh, Morgan Fleischman, who is a fan of the show and was at the show last night, she's actually booking up-and-coming music acts and talent acts at a uh, place out here in Boston called the Middle East. And she's so cool that she's actually, you know, she's just finding talent and finding bands that she thinks needs to be seen and heard and putting them in this place. And um, so, you know, check that out. Check out the Middle East. And um, and shout out to Morgan Fleischman for doing that. That's amazing. And they also do some comedy and live podcasting there. And I'm going to work on something where the Verzi effect, when the album comes out, I'm going to do a live podcast from there if we can work it out. So definitely I wanted to, um, you know, to mention that uh, as well. Now, um, I got some unacceptables to talk about. I'm going to talk about pot brownies um, because pot brownies are a thing that I never, I was always afraid. Oh, somebody at my fucking door. 
I, I just hate little knocks and then and then it goes away and then you, you don't know. It's like excuse me one second. Hello? Alright, whatever. Um So anyways, uh that was just weird. I just heard like a and then nothing. So maybe somebody went to the wrong room. I don't know. Uh pot brownies. Pot brownies are the shit. Because you can't, because I get paranoid and I don't like to smoke a lot of weed and I don't like to, but when you do it like, when you do it like a bitch like me in moderation, it's amazing because it just is like, I don't know, it just makes you mellow and it's like a body high where your body is just relaxed and you just feel better. You feel like easy and you're like, it's just so much better than just like some people could just smoke a blunt to their head and just get so high and sit there and be happy. Like me, I feel like an unproductive fucking loser. And I get, and then I get paranoid and I get weird. So I want to talk about that. But I want to get into my unacceptable and then I'm going to get into your guys' unacceptables. And then I got some movies to talk about. I want to talk about supermarkets. Uh, it's going to be a, uh, a great part one. And then guys, I have a really, really amazing amazing part two with an amazing guest and he will be on the show at some point but I think we got him tomorrow I think we're gonna do it I think we're gonna do it tomorrow with him so uh it's 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 a it's an amazing story it's a real true story and it's something that you guys are gonna be like holy shit so it's probably gonna be one of the most compelling Verzi effects um you know that you guys have heard have heard me do I really really believe that but um Let's do the unacceptable. Here's my unacceptable for the week. Now, I understand some people have skin problems, okay? I understand that, you know, people have deformities. I understand that there's a lot of unfortunate situations out there as far as people's appearance, you know. Um, However, there are things that you can control about your appearance. There are things that you can actually say, okay, I need to better this. I need to fix this. I can fix this. And um, I was in, this is going to be gross and I'm sorry. So like if you're eating, you might want to just fast forward this until you're done eating. But I was in a supermarket. I got a bunch of stuff. I bought fruit. I bought, you know, some things that are appetizing. Obviously, that's why I'm buying them. You know, I'm, I'm excited to eat these things. We need them. We need to replenish the supply at the house. So I'm putting like these bananas up and I'm putting like some peaches and some apples and, um, you know, snacks for the kids and all this stuff. And I look up at the cashier and this guy doesn't have like one or two or three. This guy has like five or six whiteheads that should have been popped in June, okay? This guy should have fucking looked in the mirror and been like, look at this fucking volcano on my face that's about to erupt. Let me pop this, okay? Now listen, I know some people are sensitive to acne and they have that. I'm not trying to be a dick. I was fortunate growing up where acne was never an issue with me, but I had friends that really had issues with it, um... And, and I know that it can suck and I know that people like, you know, it's, it's light, it could really change your life for the worse and you got to get like proactive and do all these different shit that people do. I understand that. I'm not trying to be insensitive. I'm not trying to be, you know, mean or cruel to anybody with that. But there's a difference between having acne and red pimples on your face than having a fucking softball that could have been popped ages ago just sitting there and it wasn't one it was multiple and I'm online and my wife is behind me and I'm with the kids and my wife and I just looked at her and I made this face like she knew I was getting sick like my lips kind of like were like just kind of did that like almost sour like you just bit a fucking lemon I just like looked at her and then she looked at me looked at the dude knowing what I was looking at and I wasn't trying to be mean and I wasn't trying to be funny it's fucking unacceptable Pop the shit on your, please. You know what I mean? Just pop, pop it. There's no reason to have it there. Look in the mirror. When was it okay when you were throwing your fucking apron on and you were getting ready to go to work or, you know, put your uniform on to look in the mirror, do your hair and go, oh, wait a minute. There's a fucking baseball on my neck that's going to fucking gross people out. And people are buying food. It's unacceptable, man. And you know what's also unacceptable? The supervisor or manager not calling the dude over being like, look, man, I'm not trying to be a dick. You got to clean that. You got to clean that up. You got to get that off your face or your neck. 
And it's even more gross on the neck because it almost is like a fucking, you know. I would rather look at a guy bleeding or with band-aids on than just a fucking whitehead sitting there that you know is just filled with God knows what. Ugh. It's fucking disgusting. It really is. It's disgusting. So, I... That's my unacceptable. You know, go to work presentable a little bit. You know, put... Fuck it. Does anybody ever look at themselves before they leave and go, Okay, like, this is okay. I look good. I'm... You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm presentable. Look, I'm not the best looking guy in the world. I'm not fucking ripped with a washboard thing. But when I when I go out, I at least make sure, okay, you know, there's certain things you got to make sure. You got to make sure that you, you know, you look presentable. And I feel like a hypocrite saying that now because I have this fucking gigantic, somebody said I look like Mr. Brawny or whatever. I have this just huge black beard and people are like, oh, is that the look? I like the look. It looks good. And it's like, no, this is laziness. That's all it is. It's simply just me being lazy it started and I was like oh, I'll save 10 minutes and not shave and I've literally gone like three and a half weeks now without shaving and I have a big black beard that I could pull on and it's coming off in like a day and I'm probably gonna look like I'm 12 years old but I don't care it's just time it's time to go but at least that at least I had it groomed you know I didn't just have some big you know I got the you know shaping up the neck and you know making sure the sides of the face because you're going out you got, you're fucking going out. The other night I was at Levity Live and there was a guy all tattooed up, front row, tattooed up in a fucking wife beater or a tank top. And I stopped the show and I swear to God this happened. I'm not kidding. I looked at the dude and I go, I go, dude, you look like you just came back from fucking Wildwood. For you people that don't know, Wildwood, New Jersey is a shitty beach vacation area down in like South Jersey. But it is just filled. You want to talk about fucking animals. You want to talk about put them in a cage. Holy shit. These are some of the fucking lowest people. I'm not even trying to be a dick. And then some of the people from Pennsylvania come up and, you know, from Philadelphia. And they're eating like these gigantic slices of pizza that are like the size of a, like their toddler. You know, and they're just greasy and they're walking around and they're in their fucking flip-flops and tank tops at dinner with their tattoos out and they're fucking it's just it's the fucking lowest and I just said to the guy you look like you just came from Wildwood and him and his wife dropped their jaw and looked and he goes I did and I go no you didn't I go shut the fuck he goes I swear to god we just got back we got back on Tuesday or whatever or we got and I was like what I fucking nailed it um look I'll take a tank top and tattoos over whiteheads all over yourself when you're in a supermarket. It's unacceptable. I, would I have been a dick if I was like, dude, you got a little something, you gotta, and just kind of like pointed and was like, you gotta, yeah, you got just a little, you got, <laughs> fucking ruin the kid's life. And I don't want to do that, but like, you have to know. So that's my unacceptable. It's disgusting. And I'm sorry, guys, if it was gross. I know it's gross. I Listen, it is gross. And that's what makes it unacceptable. So I'm not sorry. I'm not fucking sorry. Now I'm arguing with nobody, but I'm not. Just fucking clean it up. Clean up your face. Scrub your neck. I don't know what to tell you. Do something. Do something other than having me see that when I'm buying fucking watermelon. Please. Now let's get to your guys' unacceptables. Um, oh, speaking of supermarkets, um, I'll talk about supermarkets now and then I'll go into your unacceptables and we'll move on. I saw like three movies uh, I got I, I drank a little bit and took an edible and I just sat up and I watched movies so I have reviews now. <laughs> That'll make for for the people that listen to this that like when I talk about movies and sports more. If I take edibles and shit, it'll be a lot more of that. No, so you ever know when you ask somebody to do something that they have to do, but you could see on the face that they don't want to do it. Um, we went to my uh, mother-in-law's for a party over the weekend, and um. There was, you know, friends and family there. And before people showed up, we, um, I'm sorry, we got there the night before the party. And we were setting up and I was helping them set up. And I had off and I wanted to, you know, help my, my wife and mother-in-law get this party going. And people got hungry at lunch. So we're like, oh, we'll go to, I'll go to the supermarket and I'll get sandwiches. And if you go to where they give you cold cuts, at the supermarket they make sandwiches. You know, that you could you could ask them, which is really rare because you're usually like, oh, give me half a pound of turkey, give me half a pound of ham, salami, whatever. So... I asked, I go, I go, 
Um, excuse me, ma'am. Yeah, can I get um, roast beef on a? You make sandwiches. Like, you, can I get like a roast beef sandwich and stuff? And she just looked at me, and she like give that pause, and she just I saw her mentally process. Fuck, I really don't want to make this guy sandwiches. I would much rather give him just meat and be on with my day. But she, she had to. <laughs> she had to. So I just saw that. And it wasn't unacceptable more than it was just honest. And I totally got it. And I kind of felt bad. So she makes like this roast beef and lettuce, tomato and all this. And then I had two more sandwiches and it took way too long. Um, but you could tell in her face. She was like, you asshole. I love supermarkets. I love going to the supermarket. I love looking around a supermarket. I don't know. I become an old man who, like, I just love walking around a supermarket and looking at displays. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing. I, I walk in a supermarket. I see where they have, like, the, you know, the deli and the bakery. I see the way, like, they put, like, just the bread and they line it up. It's, it's fucking, I just, like, admire it. I'm like, this is amazing. This is, do you understand what a supermarket means? Like, a supermarket is, like is like everything you need to live and eat and enjoy consumption is in one room. And then they throw movies in the mix. You could get fucking, you could get a toothbrush. You could, you could, yeah, you could buy a DVD. You could rent a movie at Redbox. They have fruit that you could just grab, like just plentiful, just a surplus of fucking oranges. Like it's, it really, if you really think about it, I know a few people like this kid's out of his mind. I think how fucking amazing is a supermarket? If you took somebody from a third world country and you just fucking open the door of like an AMP and a stop and shop and you just let him walk in, he would come in his pants as soon as the door opened and he just visualized corn. <laughs> he would he would just visualize like corn and carrots and all the shit that like they fucking cut each other up for in these third world countries. There's like fucking genocide for a piece of pie. And this guy just sees apple pies and <laughs> and blueberry pies stacked up to the city. He would lose his fucking mind. That would be like, think about that. That's crazy. And we take for granted. Think about it. When you walk down like a cereal aisle, that's how spoiled we are that there's a cereal aisle. There's an actual aisle of boxes of different like sweetened and unsweetened and raisins and nuts and like fucking dried fried bananas in a box. That And then you just, and then, oh, and then you could go get milk and put them together and it's an insane concoction. Like I don't think people, I, listen, I'm just saying supermarkets are underrated. Next time you walk in a supermarket, look around and be like, wow, wow like that how? You know, and then your kid's complaining because you're taking too long buying food. And you can be like, oh, yeah, there's a Hot Wheels car. Shut up. And they're like, oh, my God, this is crazy. This is insane. <laughs> you know? And you could buy, like, cheese sticks for the kids. And just, they're like, I want a cheese stick. And you open it and give it to them. And you could still scan it. And it's not stealing. It's incredible. Supermarkets are a game changer. It is crazy. I know, half of you guys are laughing and think it's funny, and the other half of you are like, why the fuck is he talking about supermarkets? And the people who aren't aren't liking me talking about this don't understand, and they take it for granted, because they just had it. They just had it. Tell somebody in fucking Africa who had to, like, run down a fucking, you know, some sort of animal and fucking stab it and put it on a fucking spit and rotate it around a fire, and you take that person and you just throw them into a fucking, you know... Stop and shop. They would lose their mind. And you go up to a deli. Yeah, give me five pounds of beef. And they just wrap it and hand it to you with a smile. <laughs> As my buddy Giannis Papa said, humans came here and absolutely crushed it. The things that we did with technology, the things that we did. We have an organization to grab beef where we don't have to hunt and kill it anymore. We just slice it nicely, put it in a thing, wrap it up. I'm telling you, it's 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 insane. I got there's gotta be a bit somewhere here, because supermarkets are crazy. <laughs> What's your favorite supermarket? I'm a I'm a big A and P guy. I love A and P. A&P is crazy. Now, there's an A&P with a fucking Starbucks in it. 
and like a winery. There's like all these wines and all this stuff in AMP. It's it's crazy. It really is insane. That's just my thought. Supermarkets. Underrated. Look around, people. Look around. Stop and smell the fucking roses, people. Okay. Here we go. Um, let's do your unacceptables. Wait, did I write that down? I, fuck. Did I? Uh, okay, here we go. Here we go. Let's get into some unacceptables. This is from Aaron Weber. And Aaron Weber says, Hey, Paul, saw you with Bill Burt down in Alabama. I've been listening to your podcast ever since. Here's a story that I think you'll enjoy. Well, thank you for uh, listening to the show and becoming a fan um, after seeing me in Alabama, Aaron. Um, my last semester of college, I took uh, a one-credit, one-week-long community service class. I knew it would be easy because I showed up the first day and the entire varsity football team is there. It was a football players only class that for some reason they let me in. The teacher actually started the class by asking everyone to close their eyes, raise their wait, to close their eyes and uh, raise your hand if you want to play in the NFL one day. <laughs> so I get assigned to spend the week at the local uh, juvenile correctional facility. All week, just me and 10 to 12 football players hanging out with kids at juvie. Keep in mind, I went to school at Notre Dame. The football team is a big deal there, and these kids have been waiting for months to meet the Notre Dame football team. I don't know what happened, but the first day, the team is 30 minutes late, so I showed up at juvie by myself. Dude, the look of disappointment on these kids' faces when I walked in was one of the funniest, most tragic things I've ever seen in my life. Oh, my God. That's great, dude. That is fucking great. Ugh. And for some reason, I was expected to entertain the entire prison until the football team showed up. About 15 minutes in, uh... <laughs> Came out that I I do stand-up. I'm still nobody open micer. And back then, uh, I'd only been going up for about a year. The kids immediately demanded I do a set for them, insisting that they haven't had a laugh in a minute. I refused a few times, but eventually one of the guards suggested I tell a few jokes just to calm everybody down. Wow, talk about pressure. Uh, you're right, I am enjoying this. This is a great, great way to open the uh, Unacceptables. To all the comedians out there, let me just say this. You haven't bombed until you've bombed at a kid's prison. A couple of kids actually tried to get up and leave, but thankfully the guard reminded them that, that they're in prison. <laughs> so uh, they gutted it out through the rest of the set. I swear to God, that 90 seconds felt like an eternity. The only silver lining was that I got to leave at the end of the day. And they had to, and uh, and they all had to stay there. Anyway, I know every comedian has their hell gig stories. I'm still new to comedy, but so far that's my best one. Take care and thanks for the laughs, dude. That is great and hilarious. And I'll tell you this, Aaron, that's a great experience for you because you know, even though it was rough and it didn't go the way that you wanted, like I mean, that's that's doing something. Um, we're actually out talking last night about. Um, talking last night about how um, Bill Burr did a gig Bill Burr did a gig on a bus once for people to get a ticket to a sporting event he just got on a bus and these people that wanted to go you know yeah and like it's brutal you know like it's certain gigs when you have to do it and you're just sitting there and you know the people probably won't be into it or you know that it's just awkward for everybody but since you do it and they want you to do it it's really tough but you did it man and you know what you went you went through that awful experience so uh thank you uh for the uh unacceptable that really made me laugh that was awesome okay uh this one is from Ryan uh, Gennaro, I believe, and he says, I uh, got two quick ones here. Uh, Lard ass tub of shit holding up the line of eight people at 7 Eleven for over two minutes while he spits on his big gulp 
and decides if he wants those cancer chicken wings or tortillas. Um, wait, or Tokitos, I'm sorry. Not a surprise, he ended up going with both, along with four packs of Newports and the biggest bag of Doritos they had. Uh, would have been a big deal, uh, wouldn't have been a big deal at all if there wasn't only a cashier, one cashier working. This guy took so long that it got to the point where everybody online started looking at each other, waiting for somebody to say something. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like the guy like goes food shopping over there, and that's brutal. Um, number two, fat cunt in Walmart parking lot <laughs> holding a cigarette, waving her arms, and mouthing off to me as I'm backing my car out of the spot. Uh, even though she was at least 50 feet behind me as she got out of her packed car. That's the worst. Um, as soon as she saw my reverse lights go on, she went into a frenzy like I was just going to floor it and pin her fat ass to her Suburban that she could barely get out of. And I can't stand when people do that. When you're coming and you're slowing down and you're obviously not going to hit them, but they don't get it. They're just, they're just, they think you're going to, they think you're going to do that. Uh, even if I did floor it uh, in her direction and hit her, she was so fat that the car would probably have bounced off her gut and propelled into another direction like a baseball bat <laughs> on a basketball. Uh, I just put the car in reverse and had um, uh, budged about three inches and then stopped, clearly waiting for this monstrosity to waddle past so I could get out. I obviously waited with my foot on the brake to let her go, and she gave me a dirty look and walked away shaking her head. She should be more worried about the shit clogging her arteries. Unacceptable. Yes, it is, and thank you for the submission. Um, okay... I just love the opening sentence. Fat cunt at Walmart. <laughs> okay, this one is... Uh, it doesn't have a name. It just has an email. So, okay. Here we go. Uh, continuing with the trend of purebred animals at Walmart. I was there on Monday in a rather large line. Immediately behind me, there was a family with two little girls. While in line, they dropped a bunch of the hanging uh, chapsticks and when I turned around to look I couldn't help but notice the absolute animal in basketball shorts standing right behind <laughs> them dicks imprint in his shorts and immediately got mad this shit looked like Han Solo in Carbonate that's fucking funny what kind of person goes out of the house in slippers uh, a sweatshirt and some penis showcasing shorts like it's normal. It was so obvious and I felt like telling him, I can't see your penis, bro. <laughs> just I can see your penis, bro, just a heads up. There's kids here, you animal. Worst of all, these poor little girls were eye level. <laughs> uh, with this knuckle with this knuckle dragging cave dwelling uh, junk inches from their heads. <laughs> Uh, lock them up. Oh my God, dude. I got tears in my eyes. Just some of these are so fucking funny to read. Uh, lock them up with his reverse Ray Finkel and throw an extra cage in there for his <laughs> club penis. Thanks for the laughs and entertainment. See you next time you're in California. Uh, dude, thank you. That was fucking funny. Okay. This is from, um, Alex King. Alex King. Holy shit, is that... I think this might be a friend of mine. Is it? Was it Alex King? Uh, I've been living apart from my lady for two months due to job relocation. She's coming to visit tomorrow. Oh, this might be somebody else. Uh, she's coming to visit tomorrow, and I just realized I have yet to buy a broom, mop, cleaning supplies, or anything else that normal people use to make their living space suitable for human occupation. At least she knows I'm having other girls over. Unacceptable. Lock me in a cage. It's probably cleaner than my apartment. At least she knows I'm not having other girls come over. Um, hey, listen. I went over to my brother's place. My brother has a 
dope place in Connecticut. Such a cool apartment, but it's just such clearly a bachelor pad. You know, it's it's just easily a bachelor pad. You just look at it and you're like, yeah, all right. So, of course, you know, there's just shoes around. You know, a guy's got like a, a big TV, one couch, that's it, shoes around. He had two onions and like three beers in the refrigerator. It was, it was hilarious. Okay, um, here we go. This one is from Ryan uh, Watton. And uh, Ryan says... Uh, Trying to find help at Home Depot is unacceptable. Make them build their own cages and <laughs> lock them up. Love the podcast. Thanks for the laughs. Yeah, the thing about Home Depot, though, and I'm not making excuses for them because you're right because it annoys the shit out of me, too, but Home Depot is so big. It's like 10 football fields, so when you need something, you got to, like, fucking take a training class. You got to have, like, exercising class just to fucking fly from, like, bathroom to paint. Here we go. This is from Kelly Meyer. Oh, boy. The IBS. Um, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Uh, but I don't know if this is the, if this is it. Anyway, Kelly, Kelly says, There are some unwritten rules of etiquette for a public men's room. One of those rules is this. Don't use the urinal right next to somebody unless you have to. If there's an open urinal elsewhere, leave some space between you and the other guy. Absolutely, 100% perfect. I don't mean interrupt your unacceptables. I'm going to get back to it. That, my friend, is, that should be in the Bible. I mean, that, that should be fucking next to Proverbs. That how, like, that's absolutely true. Uh, last week, I'm in an empty men's room, walked past 10 open urinals, and went to one at the end. No sooner do I get my dick out of my pants than this uh, manatee shuffles through the door, dragging his feet. This animal walks past all the open urinals and posts up right next to me. Dude was so fucking fat, he was winded from the walk across the bathroom. To make things worse... He was too wide to fit in the normal amount of space a man needs for a urinal, and there were no dividers between urinals. So as he struggles to pull his dick out, he was rubbing his sweaty ass elbow against my arm. It actually altered the direction of my urine, of my urine flow. Fucking disgusting. That is fucking hilarious. Uh, I finished up. Do do my two shakes, <laughs> then went to the row uh, of open urinals and flushed all of them in sequence. Fat McGee looked over at me, obviously confused at what I was doing, and I said to him, just checking that these work. Uh-oh, there you go. I thought maybe you knew they were broken since you picked the one right next to me. Next time, keep your arms to yourself. Wow, unfucking acceptable. Cage these fuckers. I shit my pants again just the other day while listening to TVE, and it was a pretty good story. <laughs> I'll just send that unacceptable at a later date. Well, thank you, Kelly. Um, sorry you shit your pants again, but uh, great as always, and good for you for telling that guy. That's the same thing. I've said it a million times. There should be a rule. There should be a rule in movie theaters because I don't like people sitting near me in a movie theater. I just don't. I really don't. And speaking of movie theaters, I just found out that um, I didn't get to see Trainwreck. A lot of my friends were in Trainwreck. I did not get to see um, see the movie, but I heard that there was a shooting uh, in maybe um, Louisiana, Lafayette or something, and people going in. It's just, I mean, you can't even go to the fucking movies anymore without the thought of, like, think about that, the thought. There's a thought of, like, hey, you know, there's a chance. Is somebody going to come in here and shoot? It's just fucking brutal, man. It's brutal. Um but back to the movies, I don't like people sitting next to me or near me. And when I'm in the bathroom, just stay as far away from me in the bathroom as you can. I don't understand why that's so hard. Just stay away from me in the bathroom. It's fucking simple. There's empty spaces. Stop it. Thank you, Kelly. Here we go. This is from um, Wensley Talleyrand. Hey, Paul, a few years back, I was flying for vacation in my, uh, in my home country. When buying my tickets online, I made sure I selected a window seat. Might have even paid more for it. I don't remember. So when I boarded the plane, I found this older man, uh, I, found this older man I would say around 50, sitting on my seat. Uh, very nicely, I said to him, uh, you're on my seat. Um, 
by showing him my ticket. He then very rudely replied, just sit next to me, which was his seat. I think, and the plane was full, but I don't want to. I don't want to because it was important for me to sit next to the window. Uh, after a little back and forth, some cunt sitting behind me was like, "It's fine, just sit, just sit down." Uh, hold on a second here. Let me see if I'm reading this right. So, Jesus Christ, man, it just got blurry for a second. I'm sorry, folks. Here we go. So very nicely, you say to the guy, you know, you're sitting in my seat, you show him the ticket. He then rudely replies, just sit next to me, which was his seat, I think, and the plane was full, but I didn't want to because it was important for me to sit next to the windows. After a little back and forth, some cunt sitting behind him was like, just uh, sit down. Fuck you. It's like, well, fuck you, lady. But mind you, it's like, first of all, mind your business. Since um, it was a three-hour flight, and I didn't want to make a scene and risking the chance of running, uh, ruining my vacation. I was like, whatever, fuck it. What pissed me off was during the flight, the guy got up to go to the bathroom um, uh, and other locations of the plane four times. And I had to adjust myself and even get up sometimes when he's passing in front of me. So unacceptable. Sorry for the long email. No, that's fine. Thank you, uh, Wensley. And dude, that's, yeah. I'm not, listen, I don't like fucking, I'm not a fucking, you know, a rat or a tattletale or whatever, but in that situation, I would have literally went up to the flight attendant. And first of all, I fly a lot. Three hours is a long time. Three hours is a long time to kind of be sitting down, not really able to get up unless you go to the bathroom in an uncomfortable chair. Because basically, what that's what it is. You're sitting in a chair uncomfortably for three fucking hours. I would have went right up to them and be like, yeah, this guy's got a problem, and then this lady's talking shit, and I'm going to fucking freak out on her, so what are you going to do? Like, is anybody going to do anything for me, or is it, it or, or, you know, is this a fucking airline where anything goes? I would I would have fucking rectified it by that. You know, I like accommodations, folks, like I said. Okay, here's one from Aaron Garson. Uh, Paul, this past weekend, I was house-sitting for a family member who went on a short vacation. Their dog was sleeping in the bed with me. This little beast was letting out some noise-burning, eye-tearing, room-clearing farts right in my face. No doubt this is unacceptable, but this is his house, so I couldn't put him in a cage. Yeah, he was just like, look, dude, you got to deal with it. They deal with it all the time. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for the unacceptable. Um, here we go. Let's see here. Um, okay, this one is from... Uh, Derek Marin. Uh, and Derek says, uh, I sent in the Iraq shit story a while back and you seem to enjoy it, so I figured I'd send another story from Iraq. Well, thank you. Thank you for your service. You guys are the shit. You know how I feel about you guys, and um, I'm looking forward to it. So, we used to go from our small outpost to this larger base a few hours away for supplies and stuff. So when we leave this place to head back, we had to go down the wrong side of the highway because the on-ramp on the correct side was all blown out from, pre from pre previous IEDs. So we're cruising down the wrong side. I'm in a, a Turin in, in the second Humvee facing off to one, of the, to one side when I hear over the radio, Staff Sergeant, he's not stopping should I shoot a flare. There's an 18-wheeler about three-quarters of a mile ahead uh, towards the lead truck. I hear my staff sergeant attempt to say no, but before he gets past the end, I see lead gunner send a flare directly at the semi and not into the air. The flare ricochets off the windshield, flies over into um the other side of the highway and lands in the back of another semi hauling hay or something and it bursts into flames you guys are insane see that's why you guys are the shit just the stuff you do and the shit you're around every day is so crazy uh the semi completely engulfed in flames and my sergeant a stack of iraqi money that we were carrying with us walks over to that jackknife uh to one of the jackknife gives him some money, walks back to get in the lead Humvee, and we roll out on our way. 
He later tells us about the conversation the Iraqi asked, why were we going down the wrong side of the highway? And he responded with, well, we would go down the correct side if you goat fuckers didn't blow up on the ramp. Uh, Sorry, not sorry, unacceptable. Jesus. That's why you guys are fucking, you guys are around shit that like people just, like, that's why, you know, I'm talking about soldiers right now a lot, and um, I've said it, I, I'll keep saying it on the podcast, it's one of the most disgraced and unappreciated things out there, it really, it, it truly, truly is, and you guys are so humble, and you guys are, are real heroes, but, like, I just, like, you guys wake up and, like, anything could fucking happen, you know, like, I wake up in a fucking hotel room, you know, where I need ice, or I gotta, you know, I gotta go down, and hopefully the gift shop's open so I can get a, it's like, you guys just wake up and it's it's crazy. So that's crazy. Thank you for the submission and stay safe, brother. Hey, Paul, here we go. This is from uh, uh, Lori Roberts. Uh, or Robert Loria. Sorry, it was reversed. It's Robert Loria. Hey, Paul, uh, it started as a great day trip during my college senior week. After a long ride on a bathroomless cheese bus from Hoboken back to Hartford I get off the bus and look at my roommates who also went on the trip and was nowhere to be found as soon as I open my apartment door I get hit with the stench of a fresh loaf Ugh! I walk upstairs to see the bathroom is occupied and I figured there's the source he comes out of the bathroom holding his pants which was the first sign of suspicion. I asked if he shat himself, and quickly he denied the allegation. Uh, I shotgun a couple of beers in effort to disrupt my sense of smell. That is the most college thing any kid could do. You come home, it smells like shit in there, you're trying to fit, and you're just like, fuck it, I'm going to shotgun beers. That is awesome, and that's what you should be doing at college, okay? Fuck that education. This this odor went n- nowhere. I walked down my stairs the next morning to find a nugget laying on the lower end of the stairs near the front door. I think it's pretty clear who needs to scoop this up. I knew we would be up and down the stairs all day since there was some day drinking happening on the lawn. So he would surely see it and take care of it without me having to say anything and embarrass him. He walked by. He walked by uh, his creation throughout the. He walked by his creation throughout the day and did not react. I saw him looking directly at the turd, and at one point, so I'm positive he never acknowledged. Uh, uh, he never had knowledge of the situation. My unacceptable is not what he did. It is what he failed to do. A grown man should take responsibility and clean up when he makes a mess without waiting for others to call him out. Dude, what kind of... I mean, how do you shit... Like, dude, how does that happen on stair? Like, That is just <laughs> crazy. Oh, the college life. Unbelievable. Thank you for the... Thank you for the uh, Unacceptable. This one is from Justin Bird. Justice is unacceptable. Bill Burr ranting about he never uses self-checkout aisles because it takes away grocery jobs, but he advertises stamps.com on his podcast. Um, You know, I don't even know what to say to that. You know, uh, I think it's different. You know, I think it's different just because you know, I don't fucking know. I just why the, the whole self check. I use a self checkout thing. I don't know, like because if I have one item, I just don't want to wait. I'd much rather check out one or two or three items than fucking wait on a long line. So I don't know the situation, but you know, Bill does a very, you know, Bill does a very popular podcast, and people want to be a part of it. And you know, it is a business, so I, I'll leave it at that. Um, but thank you for the submission, and uh, yeah. Speaking of submissions, guys, if you that's the end of the um, emails. But if you want to send a longer than Twitter um, unacceptable, send it to unacceptables for TVE at gmail 
com, and uh, I will read them to you. Thank you. Uh, my apologies to people that sent pictures that couldn't open up. I couldn't open them up, so uh, resend or send another unacceptable. I will definitely get to them. Let me do a couple from Twitter here, and then we will keep it moving. Um, this one is from Brandon Dew, and at Brandon uh, D E W ninety two. And it's uh, B-R-A-N-D-O-N. And uh, he sent this to me, Bill Burr, and Tom Segura. Grown man with some badass socks uh, and flip-flops. I don't know if that's an unacceptable, but it's a grown man in some like pink dyed-eyed and lime green and orangey socks and, and flip-flops. I don't know if you're saying it's unacceptable. It looks weird to me. Um, but thank you for the submission. Let's see if we have a couple of more. A couple of more, uh, here we go. I don't see, oh, here we go, yep. Justin Pittman, at Justin T. Pittman, and that's with two T's. Uh, saw this creature the other day, don't know what I like more, his jersey or his milk crate. This guy is driving like a moped, and he's in a Mike Vick jersey, and on the back of the motorcycle or moped, there's a milk crate uh, next to it. (laughs) Thank you for the submission. That's hilarious. Uh, Let's see what else we got here. Um, You have any more? There's so much stuff that was before it, so I'm sorry. If you guys want to send me Unacceptables, always, you know, um, Monday or Tuesday is the best time. Uh, let's see here. Somebody sent me something and I cannot find it. This shit always happens when, all right, here we go. This is from Toby, uh, Daw. And this is gross. He sent me a picture. Unacceptable first day of my new job. And these are the facilities. Hashtag animal. Hashtag put them in a fucking cage. Hashtag. dirty nuts dude this guy showed me a picture of the bathroom of his job i am not exaggerating the bathroom looks like the the bathroom from the original saw movie remember when the kid woke up in the tub like it, it actually is worse than that the sink is just caked on with dirt the toilet is just has a dark ring around it and there's all empty toilet papers and shit on the floor it looks like a fucking crack house or meth house toilet absolutely unacceptable thank you for the submission uh toby and his twitter feed is at uh capital e and then s2 live uh yeah dude that if that was my first day on the job and i walked in and saw that bathroom i'd be like nah same uh next one is from now there's a couple of more here this is from uh Derek Morin, oh, at Derek underscore Morin, M-O-R-I-N. Paul Brzee, walk out to my brand new car and notice a dent in the rear end. No note, nothing. Still had my 20-day plates on it. Unacceptable. Yeah, man, it's going to happen. When you get a new one, you got to be the douche and kind of avoid other people. Um, all right, let's see here. This says, wait, what is this? I can't wait for the... Th- Okay, that was something else. All right, I think we're done. I think we're done with the unacceptables. I want to talk about some movies I saw, get into a little bit of sports. And oh, well, here we go. Uh, Brian Newman at B, capital B N E U M A N 7. I understand it's laundry day, but guy at laundromat with no shirt on, unacceptable. <laughs> I, you can't knock that, though. The guy's like, fuck it. I really let it go. I really let it. I really let it uh, get out of hand. That's fun. Like he's. It'd be funny if a guy just showed up in like nothing but a towel. <laughs> That'd be a funny like sketch or scene in a comedy where a guy just was just so last minute that he just showed up to a laundromat with just a towel around. He's like, yeah, I, something had to get. I need. <laughs> I need something here. Um. All right, guys, that is the unacceptables. Please, uh, if I didn't get to yours, please resend it because you know I'll read them all. I want to get to everybody's, you know, unacceptables when I can. Sometimes I can't. Sometimes I miss one, all that stuff. But I got to continue with the show. Um, So uh, I want to talk some movies, some things that I saw. 
I saw I saw a couple. I actually um, I saw first of all, you know, I wanted to talk about Chris Tucker. I watched Chris Tucker's Hour on Netflix, and it was one of the weirdest things I ever saw because I feel like there were parts of it that were just so good and brilliant, and then there were parts of it where like you could tell he's just not working hard at it because he's a fuck, you know, he's doing movies and whatever else he's doing. But um, yeah, I just. Uh, there were certain things I really enjoyed. You could see how talented the guy is, but then there are some jokes where you're like, ah, I don't know. But it was also an hour and like 30-something minutes. He did a long time, but I watched that, and um, I was pretty buzzed watching that, so I need to take it all in again. Um, other thing I watched, I watched Get Hard with Kevin Hart and um, Will Farrell. And it was all right. Like, you know, it was kind of just amusing more than it was good. I was, you know, amused by certain things. I thought some parts were funny, but I don't know. Nothing crazy, you know. Can't say it was awful, but can't say that it was good. It was one of those. Um, I saw Run All Night. I saw Run All Night with Ed Harris and um, Liam Neeson. And it was pretty good. But Liam Neeson plays like an ex-hitman for... Ed Harris and him who have been friends forever and Ed Harris kind of was the only guy that really gave a shit about him and all this stuff and then something happens with their son where um, Liam Neeson to protect his own son has to kill Ed Harris's son and then Ed Harris is like I was the only one who cared about you until you killed my son and then they go after Liam Neeson with everything they got and I mean you could imagine what happens so yeah it was um, pretty good. I mean, it, it was exactly what you thought you were getting. You're just getting that kind of like badass, like we're all going to, you know, somebody's going to go down. It's going to be me or you, you know, badass Liam Neeson usually wins. But I enjoyed it. I thought it was, uh, had some really dark, you know, things. It really kind of had a father-son type vibe to it. So that that was one that I was, I, like, I got into. I was like... You know, just thinking about like, wow, like if you were were really put in that situation with your kid, it's it's like, you know, it's crazy. So I liked it. Uh, I liked that more than any of the ones that I mentioned. So uh, I don't know what it is. Liam Neeson, it just reminds me of the Key and Peele sketch. Liam Neeson can do anything and like, I'm in. Rocky movies, I'm in. Anything like Creed, I'll see every Creed. If Liam Neeson was like in, you know, I mean, he, Liam, they made a movie about Liam Neeson fighting wolves and shit, and and I was like, and, and it was awesome. They were just, they're just getting like out of, they're just getting out of hand with Liam Neeson things, and they still make money, and they're still good to me. I just don't know why. I think it's because of his voice, his like Irish accent, and the way he's just like calm, but still a badass. There's something about a calm badass that sells to me more than a rah-rah badass. I don't know why. But those are the movies that I saw. So um, I would say out of those three, run all night. And uh, and check out, you know, check the Chris Tucker thing. Check it out. I mean, it wasn't, it was just different to me. It was just definitely different to me. Um, Sports, I don't even realize how the Yankees are doing. The Yankees are doing great, and I don't even realize it because I'm just not even paying attention to baseball at this point. I just think baseball is kind of done. You know, I'm just, I mean, it's great that they're doing good. I hope they win. I'll get into it if they get to the playoffs, but you guys know me. I'm waiting for, um, I'm waiting for my Knicks to start turning it around. That's all I want. I just want the Knicks to start turning the shit around and that's it. Um, so here's what we're going to do guys. Tomorrow, I am going to have a very special guest on the show. So you're going to get two parts of the Verzi Effect this week. And it's going to be um, really, really compelling story. Stuff that, you know, some of you guys knew. Stuff that most of you guys don't don't know. And um, I'm going to have a very interesting character. A very, um, you know, talented, creative person who's been through a lot in his life. And it's going to be something that I think you guys are going to be like, holy shit, that was awesome. So... That's going to be part two. I'm trying to do that tomorrow um, here in Boston. So um, let's do some plugs here. Plugs are for the part one. Um, I am in Boston tonight at 8 o'clock. It's Friday the 24th. I am here tomorrow at 9 o'clock. Saturday the 25th um, at Laugh Boston, which is located at the Westin Hotel by the waterfront here. Um, Great club great people, 
come out. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. The show's been so much fun, and um, you know the next two nights are going to be great. So come out to those. Also, I will be doing a ton of shows in um, Toronto for the Just for Laughs 42 Festival, September 27th to October 3rd. Also, I will be doing, um, I will be releasing my album, which is almost done. The album is, I basically have the final copy of it right now. So I'm just going through it, and then we're doing some artwork, and it will be released in the middle of August. So it's all done. I'm excited about it. Sounds great. And uh, that's it. For other things, go to paulverzi.com. You can go to my Twitter, at paulverzi. That's V-I-R-Z-I. As I always say, if you guys want me to talk about anything or if you guys, uh, you know, have any ideas for for the show or just want me to, you know, shout out a story or something of yours, hit me up. I have no problem doing it. Um, And if you want to send your unacceptables, again, it is unacceptables for tve at gmail.com. Again, go to my sponsors, uh, gonzofame.com. Support that website. It has great, great uh, write-ups and interviews on comedians. And um, if you're going through anything like a divorce or bankruptcy, debt settlement, please contact John Burton at Brookings Mediation. uh, Free consultation anywhere you are in the country, 877-415-7770. And uh, you will get a discount from the Verzi Effect. You could talk to John about that. And um, he's just saving people a ton of money on um, on legal fees and uh, helping people out every day. So uh, check out brookingsmediation.com as well. And, of course, all things comedy, guys. Thank you. This has been the Verzi Effect, episode 218, part one. I will be back very soon with 218, part two, here in Boston. Uh, and I'm performing at Laugh Boston this weekend. Come out to a show. Thank you, guys. I will talk to you very soon.